This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 23rd, 2022, and we are finally here, friends. The final days of 2022 are just making their way off of the calendar while we are all making merry and checking our lists and trying to stay sane. So we wanted to spend a little time with you reflecting back on this year. I am joined today by my two very dear friends and my very longtime co-hosts, Rebecca Hoffer and Kelly Gordon. Hello, my friends. Hello. Hey, Meg. I'm starting to laugh at old time co-hosts. I'm like, I'm feeling it too. <laughs> we are the old, we are the long, the old time long timers. Yes. Yes. And it is an annual tradition that we do sit down it together and, and talk with each other and with our awesomes about what this year has brought to us in terms of what we've learned from the year, what we were into, what we were watching and what we were reading and what we were listening to. What was our awesome of the whole entire year? So, Rebecca, I know we have been talking about this. I know you've got your list loaded with good things, right? I mean, I hope so. I think so. <laughs> it was all good to me. Your opinions may vary. <laughs> I'm confident it will be. Kelly, you just sent us a picture before we started recording that you guys are definitely on track for your white Christmas, right? Yeah, it seems pretty given at this point, especially <laughs> we had like a huge storm. I mean, really, the whole central U.S., even into Canada over the middle here of December has gotten this big storm where we had all these things going on. So we got a lot of snow and then we have more coming. Oh, my goodness. We've turned into Narnia. So it's not a bad thing because it is the holiday season. We look like a Hallmark movie. Uh huh. The yes, things yeah. that everybody pictures in their head, the snow was really heavy when it fell last week and wet. So it's stuck to everything and it's not falling off. So like every tree, every fir tree is like big blankets. I mean, it Aww. is exactly what you imagine. Yeah. So it's nice right now. It's nice. This is when it's supposed to snow. Okay. Before we get into our year in discussion, Kelly, do you think you can offer Rebecca a guarantee there will be no discussion of spiders? Oh this my is a spider-free show. A spider-free <laughs> show. We should have put a content warning just for Rebecca. On one of our last episodes, if you guys did not hear, I mean, maybe I you mean, just have to go back and listen to the whole year and see <laughs> where the journey we've been on. I mean, you kind of did. You said like, Rebecca, maybe don't listen to this. But I thought you were going to say something maybe kind of like juicy about me. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> what is she going to say? And then I was like, like, then I turned it up. across the face with trauma. <laughs> <laughs> she did send us a text, you guys. It just said, Kelly. <laughs> multiple exclamation marks. And then it just said, no, in all caps. And Meg was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I know exactly. <laughs> I, 
I was driving, didn't have a chance to respond, but I was like, I know exactly what this is. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Rebecca. We love you. This is a spider-free show. It was not an awesome of the year. Well, it better be. I'm on the verge of quitting. <laughs> <laughs> this is the deal breaker. We have found Rebecca's line in the sand and it's spider discussion. So, Ugh. okay, moving on. <laughs> yes, we will keep the year-end wrap-up spider-free. I promise you guys that. I'm Meg Teets and this is sort of awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you have been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that will support you, no matter what age or stage of life you are in, I am so happy to tell you that you have come to the right place. If you are enjoying Sorta Awesome, please make sure that you have subscribed so you never miss a new episode from us. Also, if you're enjoying Sorta Awesome, but you've never taken the leap to become a superstar awesome, this might be the right time of year for you to do that. I know in our community this time of year, we always get a lot of questions with people asking like, what are you guys asking for for yourselves for the holiday season. I would be so thrilled to tell you that you can become a superstar awesome. These are our awesomes who support the work of Sorta Awesome, both the podcast and our online communities. They support us on Patreon. And Patreon has this very cool feature where you can pay for your superstar membership annually. And you get a little discount when you do that. We just dropped this month on... <laughs> <laughs> on the superstar feed, Rebecca is like smirking into the camera right now. <laughs> we dropped one of the funniest, <laughs> I'm going to say raciest, and also most surprising episodes we've ever recorded for our Sort of Spicy series, a series that we do exclusively for our superstar awesomes. Well Rebecca worth the I price of admission. Yes. It absolutely is. <laughs> We had so much fun in that conversation. Kelly, I know you also have seen the superstars cannot stop talking about how. With good reason. Oh. Yes. Yes. It's definitely one of those ones, exactly what Rebecca said, worth the price yeah. of admission. Like if you have to be like, I'm just going to become a Patreon <laughs> member for like just the winter months, just so I can listen yes. to that in the back catalog. I mean, it's yes. worth it. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of the back catalog, there are hundreds, you guys, hundreds of hours of sort of awesome that you've never heard before. Those were discussions only released to our superstars that you can find on our Patreon feed. Also, we have book clubs coming up in the new year. We have all kinds of fun stuff. So yes, you can get that Hall of Fame sort of spicy episode over on Patreon, but there is so much more that you'll get access to. So if you want to do that for yourself this month or for the year ahead, you can do that at patreon.com slash sort of awesome. Okay, so normally this is the time in the show where we would do Awesome of the Week, where we stop and talk about whatever's making life a little more awesome right now. However, as has become our annual tradition, instead of Awesome of the Week, we like to round up what ended up being Awesome of the Year for us. Kelly, why don't you kick us off with what was Awesome of the Year? As you think back on 2022, what was the standout awesome for you? Right. And we're talking about our own awesomes here, right? So yes. like not just the mm -hmm. thing that was like, well, I did this big event or whatever, but right, right, right. Yes. Of the things that we brought to the podcast, when you look yes. back over the list of all of those awesomes, 
there was a clear winner to me. And it's actually from January of 2022. And it's a recipe. So that I was like, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Maybe no one should be surprised. So but it is on brand. Yes, yeah, so on brand. It's a sausage potato and kale soup that I talked nice. about. And it feels appropriate to bring it back now to say that it's truly wonderful if you haven't already tried it because we're back in the winter season. So this is the time that you want to have this. This is from uh, food blogger Lindsay at Pinch of Yum, which I know a lot of the awesomes know her, know her record of stellar recipes. And this soup is kind of a dupe for Olive Garden's Zupa Toscana soup, only I would say it's even a little healthier because okay. besides like the sausage, it has Italian sausage in it, kale, it's just a little bit creamy. It also has potatoes and uh, cannelloni beans. Cannellini? Hey, yes. I'm not sure how to say right. that. It's really simple. And a lot of people in the awesome community after I made this my awesome of the week last year, or I mean, I guess it's this year, feels like almost last year. It was last year. I know. <laughs> They have messaged me and said, everybody in my family loves this soup, which I think that's the key is that to find a recipe that is mm -hmm. easy and that is semi-healthy and that everybody will eat it, that is a real winner. Yes. And really, I found this soup a year ago in the fall and I started to just put it in regular rotation, which I have a lot of winter recipes, you guys. There are not that many things that get to rise to the like every other week I'm going to make this because... It's easy, it's dependable, it's semi-healthy, and my family will eat it. But to this day, still, my kids are like, yes, when I say that's what I'm making for dinner. So yeah. if you haven't already tried it, it's definitely worth an awesome of the year, this soup. It's actually called the Sausage Kale and White Bean Soup. So we'll put another link in the show notes, but go check it out from Lindsay at Pinch of Yum. It's a fantastic thing. That's a soup season miracle. If you can find the one soup that everyone loves and then you can just whip it up and your kids are like actually stoked and excited to hear that's what you're having for dinner. Yeah, that's going to be a permanent awesome for sure. Okay, Rebecca, awesome of the year for you. What do you have for us as you think back on the year that we've lived through? What was a standout awesome for you of your awesomes of the week? Okay, well, my real number one is that Harry Styles released his third solo album this year, Harry's House. But I'm going to save all of those thoughts for now. And so my number two awesome of the year is going to be Ticket to Ride. And this is a game that my family just really played a ton this year. I mean, it was hard to pick from all of my awesomes of the week, but I had to give it to Ticket to Ride just because of the sheer number of hours that my family spent playing this game. Even just Nate and I spent playing this game. So this was from episode 405, the listener mailbag, personal edition. And the basic way that you play the game is that you are assigned a route on a map to try to accomplish and you get points along the way for accomplishing your route. And then at the end of the game, whoever has the most points wins. So if you go a longer route, you earn more points. If you take a harder path, you might earn more points. And the basic way that it goes. And my husband, okay, so Nate and I both have some slight addictive personality types. <laughs> huh, you don't say. <laughs> and he really got into this game. He and I have played and played and played. Like I said, we spent literal hours playing this game this year. And that's why it's my awesome of the year. The game really isn't 
the key. It's the bonding that we did. It's that when I think back on this year, what's a benchmark for my family? Well, it was sitting around the table and kicking each other's butts and ticket to ride. (laughs) That's really (laughs) what it was. I will say that an honorable mention would go out to Wet and Wild Breakup Proof Eyeliner from episode 377. This stuff is so cheap, like less than $3. And it is so effective. I think it is now my go-to eyeliner. You know, like, it just always feels like such a win whenever you find one of those products where you're like, this one. Yes. This is the brand. This is the variety. This is what mm-hmm. I'm buying from now on. Whether it's your peanut butter or it's your eyeliner. It's always a win to be like, this decision is now decided for the rest of my life. And that's kind of how I feel about Wet n' Wild's Breakup Proof Eyeliner. Yes. Those are my awesomes of the year. Definitely, definitely. I know that there has been such an uptick in people being interested in games and family games, all of this stuff. And so I know so many people have joined you in their enthusiasm for Ticket to Ride. I love that. So fun. Okay. Well, you guys, you know, every single year I'm like, I have. You have so many more awesomes. Like we have, you know, maybe 12 to 15, depending on how many times we've been on, but you have lots. I have so many to choose from, but this is the first year I honestly did not even have to like look back at my list. I knew immediately my awesome of the year. What? I feel like I have truly, truly gotten my old lady card in the mail when I tell you (laughs) what my awesome of the year is. Is it readers? Better not be meta Well, I mean, I always have my readers with me. No, it's my Birkenstocks. My Birkenstock Tokyos that I'm literally wearing right now. I am obsessed with these shoes. They're not old lady, are they? No, anybody can wear them. I just feel like it's a very old lady thing. To say, like, the most awesome thing that happened to me this year are these really supportive shoes. I was going to say, it's not just the shoes. They are orthopedically designed for my feet, and that's why I like them. Okay. It's true. So I very notoriously have struggled with shoes. I have bad feet. I've heard about Birkenstocks and their magic for years. I always think of Birkenstocks in terms of their iconic sandals. I think it's the Arizona style that everybody wears. Very crunchy, very granola, right? How have I never had Birkenstocks before? I do not know. But it took the Tokyos, the ones that are famous within the food service industry and within healthcare workers, people that are on their feet a lot and need a comfortable, supportive shoe that they can count on. It took this style, the Tokyo coming into my life that I'm completely obsessed. I talked about this back in the fall on episode 413. That was, let's talk about midlife, how to know if you're in the club with Mindy. I was raving to her about how much I love these. They truly are magical. The Birkenstock sole that just conforms to your foot over time. I love these so much. Yes, it's a little bit more of an investment shoe. They're over $100, but I have been wearing them so much. After I was raving about them on the show, one of our superstars texted me to join me in raving about how much she loves Birkenstocks. She told me that she had a pair when she was like in college and kind of young adult, new adult, that she had a pair of Birkenstocks that lasted her for 10 years without having to be resold. Wow. That's crazy. That's pretty typical, I feel like. You know, they have a really good reputation for a reason. Yes. What I really super love about the Tokyo is they have the strap on the heel, which again, 
it makes it even so much more comfy and secure for me. These have a leather upper and you guys know I hate wearing socks. Believe it or not, now we do not have the frigid temperatures right now. I think we've got some frigid weather coming, but we don't have the consistently frigid temperatures that Kelly, that you have in Minnesota, Rebecca, that you have in Pennsylvania. But right now it's pretty cold outside and I'm wearing these Tokyos with no socks, that leather. Once my feet get in there, it gets all heated up and the leather like keeps the heat in there and I don't even have to wear socks with them most of the time. Oh. So skeptical right now. I, I know, I you do. Have a, you have a look of complete skepticism <laughs> on your face. I'm also, do your feet not sweat? They do sweat a little bit, but maybe because it's like a natural material, even though they get sweaty, they're open batch, they're mules, you know, so it's breathable. So the sweating actually helps me because then I don't have to wear socks. And you both are looking skeptical. I do not care. Right? The I am in my glory place. So I don't have to wear socks. I wear socks to keep my feet from sweating. So like, I, really? I don't understand. Yeah. Yes. You wear socks. Yes. Okay. My feet sweat no matter whether I'm wearing socks or not. But they get gross if you don't wear a sock. Like, I can't wear my slippers without socks or else my slippers are going to get nasty. Yes. Oh, my God. Are Uh-oh, you we've opened a can of worms here. I feel you like wear somebody socks mentioned with this. slippers? Yes. yes. Always. <laughs> always. Right now. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh, no. You guys, we are literally showing <laughs> our feet mm. and showing her that we have socks on. I do think that socks are a little bit of a divisive thing. Like, I saw somebody, I think, in the Hangout recently say, I don't like socks. Like it makes me feel like what you said about your fingernails back in the day. My feet can't breathe. And I'm like, I don't wear socks in the summer, but for nine to 10 months out of the year, I have socks on. And for at least six to seven of them, they're wool socks. So my feet don't sweat. So we've discovered a new chasm. I can't. (laughs) To plumb. The thought of wearing socks with slippers makes me want to run barefoot into the snow. I would rather not wear slippers than wear slippers without socks. Like, I refuse to wear my slippers without socks. They're just going to get sweaty and gross. Yep. Damp slippers? Damp slippers. That is, like, the worst. I do think I'm a little bit of an anomaly in that my feet do not get cold very often. Like, Kyle, I've joked and even texted this to Kelly the other day that Kyle has corpse feet. They're like dead people feet year-round. I was at Costco and I texted Kelly the picture of socks. I was like, sorry to interrupt your Saturday morning. Are these the socks I need to buy at Costco? For Kyle, for his dead people feet. For his corpse feet, she said. And I was like, oh my word, that is such a hysterical (laughs) and fitting. Also, because I think I probably have corpse feet. I was like, yeah, I get Mm. it. And yes, those will work. (laughs) I don't wear slippers really around the house. And just the thought of wearing socks with slippers on a sensory level, it's unacceptable. And you have your Burks. So here, now we're coming full circle. You don't have to wear slippers because you have your Burks. They work for you. Other people who are also like dry heaving right now at Rebecca and I wearing socks with our slippers. Nobody's dry Burks. We're the normal ones. (laughs) Wait, this is going to be fascinating to hear what the awesomes Mm -hmm. have to say. Who's normal? Who's normal here? Socks with slippers or no socks with slippers? Let's find out. Well, I really doubted that you were actually going to sound grandma-esque in your awesome of the year here, but you hit that. You do sound very, very elderly. So you got there. Sort of awesome. Colin, the grandma years. (laughs) Grandma. 
I'm in my grandma era and I'm not sad about it. <laughs> but truly, truly, you guys, these Birkenstocks, whatever feet situation you have going on, whatever it is, socks, no socks, whatever. These shoes are amazing. I love them so much is the ultimate point of this story. Great. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Who knew? And we love it for you. We love this journey for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. These were our awesomes of the year. We cannot wait to hear what was awesome for you for the entire year. Something that really stood out. Come and find us in one of our social media communities. You know, we're going to be talking about it. First of all, come find us in our sort of awesome hangout on Facebook. It really is the heart of the awesome nation. We are there for each other all day, every day, 365. Come and find us over there just by searching Sorta Awesome Hangout on Facebook. You can find us. Come over and join us on Instagram if you have it. We are doing so many fun things. Really, such an incredible community of awesomes over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We would love to have you join us there. Come tell us about your awesome of the year over there. Kelly and Rebecca and I have such a great year-end review for you guys, and we really can't wait to hear what was awesome for you this year as well. So stick with us. We are going to talk all about our year when we come right back. Hey friends, I've got some really awesome info for the grown-up awesomes who are listening. OhMyGodYes.com is a website with findings from the largest ever research study into women's pleasure. In partnership with Kinsey Institute researchers, they asked tens of thousands of women what made their pleasure better, solo and with partners. And then they found the patterns in those discoveries, the physical techniques, psychological techniques. All of that wisdom is organized on omgyes.com as super honest videos, animations, and how-tos. One thing their research found is how easy it is for us to lose our curiosity about pleasure and intimacy. So many of us think things like, I've already got techniques that work for me, I'm good. But finding out what works for other people can help you find new things you didn't even know you or your partner liked. There's always more to explore. OMG Yes is for women, men, and couples. Some might think it's only for women, but it's actually relevant for anyone who wants to learn more about women's pleasure. I've been absolutely fascinated by what I've learned at OMG Yes. You guys, I am learning stuff I didn't even know I didn't know. I've used OMG Yes a lot, and it really does feel empowering to see these experiences and techniques detailed so openly without any blushing or shame. What they're doing is long overdue. So go to omgs.com slash awesome for a special discount. That's omgyes.com slash awesome. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. And something that we started in recent years as we were reflecting back on the year was talking about something that we learned in the year. I think that this is such a great reflection point for so many people as we think back on the year. 
of course, starting in 2020 and in the pandemic years, it's been a little bit more of a challenge maybe to clear the fog of how difficult life has been to really think, you know, I'm so thankful that I got to learn this in the year that has passed. So Kelly, I was thinking maybe you could get us started on this. What is something or some things that you learned in 2022? Okay, so actually that's a good segue because I do feel like a couple of the things that I learned were partly revealed because of this pandemic era that we are just starting to kind of come out of and assess around. And the first thing is that I actually really like working from home, which might sound weird, but when I went back to work after being just a stay-at-home mom for years, I don't mean like just a stay-at-home mom, but like I love being a stay-at-home mom. But when I went back to work, I wanted to be in an office because I wanted colleagues. Like there were times that people would say, well, you could do this at home where you could start this little side gig. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be all by myself. I'm better with people. So awesomes, if you've been with us for a year, would remember that this time last year, I was talking about quitting my job mm, mm-hmm. because things were super stressful and I didn't know what was going to change. But again, if you've been with us, you know that instead of having to quit, my female supervisor at the time was able to help me find a different position at work that is much more flexible, yeah. which is the other big key of working from home. And so I'm able to now, I do spend, I would say, 70 to 80% of my work is done from home. Yeah. And then the rest of the time I go into the office and I go in when I'm needed mostly, or if there's a meeting or for sure for tapings, if I'm going to oversee that. But I do a lot of work from home and I'm really surprised at how happy I am with this setup. And I really think it's because of the flexibility, which as I talk to other women in this phase where we're coming out of the pandemic, especially if you have people that you're caring for. That has become like the new number one perk that a job can offer. Definitely. Is the flexibility to be like, I want to kind of decide when I work as much as I can and where I work as much as I can so that I can balance some of these other things and then also have more time for me. I'm not spending so much time being in a chair, you know, butt in a chair or having to drive to an office, whatever. And so I know people who are leaving jobs or who are looking for jobs or who are not leaving jobs really based on that key factor on how flexible is this job going to make me. So, I mean, part of it, I think it's helpful working from home. I've already been in the office for a few years, so I've met my colleagues. I know them. So I don't feel as isolated as if maybe I was starting a job and working from home and only going in 20 to 30% of the time. So I do feel like there's definitely something that as the new work environment evolves that we have to think about with people who are starting. But I have really... I cannot say with words how much I love my new position because Ah. it works so well in my life. Yes. That's half of it. So that's one big lesson. You know what? I do remember that you were at a breaking point with the position that you were in. I had found it to be so inspiring to watch your journey as you've gone along. And it was like after you made peace with the fact that you might have to leave altogether, that somehow kind of like loosened up something in the universe that it was like, it doesn't have to be this way or this way. There's like a middle way that could yeah. work out. And your change in your aura from afar, <laughs> as I get to experience you, has been so incredible over the past year. And I'm so thankful that you were able to find this new position and this new way of working. I'm yeah. so happy for you. Well, I guess the deeper lesson inside of that is really 
getting to the point where you accept your reality that you ask for help. Yeah. I feel like for a lot of us, we push on. I know I'm just not trying hard enough. How could I make this work? We are not like we've joked before in the podcast, your average white man who just is like, this isn't my problem. We're like, it is my problem. And I have to take this burden and I need to be walking. And why is it so hard? So I think that lots of times just saying like, I can't, this isn't working for me. And speaking that out loud does free up. Who knows what could happen? But at least for me, very often, I work really hard not to get there. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to admit that I can't do it. And so I just keep trying and making myself miserable. So when you finally just say the thing, it does seem to shake things loose. That's a really good point. The next thing that I learned this year that really stems out of that is the gift of an alternative learning center, Mm. which this is something that I exists in so many communities and so many school settings that I was only aware of on the periphery. But if you have been a longtime listener, you may know this for sure. The superstars do. I have a son that was supposed to graduate in the spring and he did not because of the pandemic. It really sidelined him and his mental health is still suffering. But in the spring, the school counselor said, I wonder if this alternative learning center could be a good fit for him. He had just been struggling, like maybe I should try online classes and then just not showing up. He has ADHD. Like it was a nightmare. He was depressed for sure because the helplessness of like, I don't know what to do. I don't see a path forward. And this alternative learning center has become his path forward. So he's almost done with high school. He's worked really hard. And this is an environment for kids who don't often fit our traditional school system. And again, the more I learn about our options, the more grateful I am that they exist. And of course, we're always sometimes like, I wish I had known about it sooner, but there are these things out there. So this year I've really been singing the praises of alternative learning centers to so many people. Like if you didn't know, this could be a fit for your kid. Because again, even for him, I feel like we were pushing too hard in the one direction instead of saying, we can't do this. What else can we do? And so I'm so glad that there are these places for kids who don't fit in the traditional public school model. And they really exist to help so many other kids that are even, you know, dealing with harder things than my son is dealing with. They're coming out of treatment programs or whatever. They're really wonderful. So if you're not aware, I mean, you could always hit me up. I will talk about this to anybody because our journey has been unique, but it's not unique. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who could know that. We have one more. Can I do one more? Yes. Yes. Let's hear it. One that's not so serious. This is the year. And you guys, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous how much I think about this, especially now because we're back under winter, that I really learned how clothes keep you warm. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know it sounds like so. Hello. Hi. Where Educate you Educate me. I need to know. I feel like there's something deep here. <laughs> yes. Tell us, Minnesota girl. <laughs> it's the air that your clothes trap between you and your body that keeps you warm. It's not necessarily the clothes itself, but the more air that you have in between, to some degree, not like five feet, but you know what I mean, is how you stay warm. This is why there is no such thing as warm leggings. Oh, okay. So this is kind of how I got there is I was like, well, could I buy thicker leggings? Could I buy fleece lined leggings? They're comfortable. They're not warm. There's no air between the clothing and your skin. You just can't get warm that way in the winter wearing a legging, something that's right next to you. Now, if you put on leggings and then put pants on top of it, that'll keep you warm. Right. You need that buffer of air to keep you warm. So that's how 
puffy coats and that's oh, yeah, work puffers, because yeah. yeah, they have air built into their layers. Oh my gosh, I've never thought about the physics of a puffer coat before, but I'm tracking. <laughs> Hi, I'm since. a geek. This is what I do for fun. <laughs> it's just kind of revolutionized, like made me give up the hunt for how could I stay in my comfy leggings and be warm. You're not. If you want to be warm, put on some jeans, put on your sweat, some joggers. You need some air to make you warm or, you know, a blanket, whatever, something like that. So yeah. it's really, truly helped me because I think I was fighting a battle mm. that cannot be won. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. It's also why I don't have to wear socks with my perks. <laughs> oh, because they're right there because they're it's not the cold. airflow. It's the airflow. See? <laughs> yes. That's good. And really, truly, I love your balance of life lessons. And then also, hey, you know, I live in a real cold place and this is how I can stay warm with my clothes. Yes, it kind of revolutionized what I put on in the morning. It's important. <laughs> Rebecca's over here taking notes. Like I am. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, let's hear from you. 2022, what are your takeaway lessons? What are some of the things you learned? Okay, well, I have a few. So First, I learned several things about my reading life this year. I learned that I truly read the same tropes over and over again. Mm -hmm. With the superstars, we have done a reading romance trope challenge. And here I am at the end of the year scrambling to get them all done when I've read plenty of books, double what I needed to read. And yet I just keep doubling up on the tropes that I love. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey. You got to love what you love. I feel like somebody love said what that you love. somewhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of loving what you love, I discovered something I don't love, and that is monster romances. Those are not for me. Some people are really into fantasy books with all kinds of characters that are not human. I tried one about a dragon, and nope, uh, too much <laughs> teeth. Nope, too right many scales. <laughs> nope, not for me. So for those of us who are not familiar, it's like werewolf meets human or dragon meets human. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel this... like werewolf would be on the tamer end of monster romances. There's some real <laughs> imaginative some real ones what? out there. Real imaginative. <laughs> She's like, what do I say? This yeah, is not my genre or trope either, for sure. <laughs> I also learned that I just do not like reading paper books anymore. Huh. Yeah. I am a Kindle girl. And I'm digging my heels into that. I do not want to be inconvenienced with a paper book. It stresses me out. So. <laughs> All right. Can we talk about like why? Is it because is it sensory thing? Is it just you don't want to carry one more thing around? It's that annoying thing when you're laying in bed and like you're laying on your side or whatever. And like one side of the book is really comfortable and easy to read. And then the other side of the page is awkward. And then you have that balance back and forth back and forth and then also it's like a lighting issue my bedroom lighting isn't great books get kind of heavy maybe i'm like really weak well do you <laughs> ever okay so strength training <laughs> do i probably do the other day my 14 year old she was having like one of those nights where the homework was causing a meltdown and so then she came in to lay next to the fire because we're always cold and so she has her laptop and she laid down and she was trying to read something on her laptop and she dropped it on her face <laughs> yeah. to add insult to injury. You know, like she's already crying about the stupid homework mm. and then she got a, you know, bump inside of her lip and she's like, no, even the computer's attacking me. Do you ever <laughs> drop your e-reader on your face? Like if you're holding it up? 
I mean, I think everybody's dropped their cell phone on their face, but yes. like, I don't know if I've dropped my Kindle on my face. I mean, probably. So your Kindle's lighter than your yeah. books. It's just, I decided I just don't really like them anymore. It was kind of revolutionary discovery for me. I get it. I have learned firsthand how much energy, time, and privilege it takes to truly take care of some medical issues. I had frozen shoulder, which is basically when your shoulder kind of like locks up. It has very limited mobility and it can be quite painful. And I did physical therapy for my frozen shoulder for three months. I was going two to three times a week. It was a huge time suck. It costs a pretty penny that we are still working on. And I was trying to schedule most of my appointments during when Isaac was in preschool. This was in the spring. He was in preschool two mornings a week which meant that my child-free mornings were filled with therapy. And this trickled down into so many areas of my life being neglected. Meal planning and grocery shopping and laundry, just general patience with my people because I didn't have my alone time to recharge and get my stuff done. And I think this is why people struggle so much to take care of themselves. So many times I was like, how... Does a single mom do this? How does anybody who has a full-time job do this? How do you make time to prioritize these things? Now, it's important. It's worth it. I was in daily pain. It hurt to get dressed. I couldn't hardly shave my armpits because I couldn't lift my arm up over my head. I couldn't play with my kids the way that I wanted to. It was affecting my sleep. But like taking care of yourself is a privilege. Yeah. And I just was dumbfounded by like how difficult and how draining it was to do the right thing for my body. Yeah. So if you're listening, yeah, if you're listening and you're like, I have things I need to take care of, but it feels too hard. Like I see you. Yes. It doesn't mean it's not worth it, but yeah, it's stinking hard. And unfortunately it might be expensive. There's just so many layers to it all. It's just, it's the pits. So that's another thing that I learned. Yeah. I also learned a lot about myself with my children wanting to quit playing musical instruments this year. Okay. I've always been somebody who kind of like rolled my eyes at posts in the hangout. I'm so sorry to all of you (laughs) who have posted about this being like, I don't know if I should let my kid quit. I've always been like, yes, just let them quit. It doesn't mean that they're never going to be able to keep a job. Like they're going to be good humans. Just let them give up t-ball for goodness sakes. Well, that's easy to say. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That whole parenting thing is so much easier to judge until it's your own situation. (laughs) So once my kids wanted to give up something that I realized I actually value a lot and have a lot of positive memories from my own childhood from, all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, this is why this is hard. And when they tell you, not to live vicariously through your children, let them be their own selves. This is what they mean, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Let them stop playing trombone and don't make it a thing because it doesn't have to be a thing. <laughs> Even if it feels like a thing to you. Yes. Even if it feels like a thing. This isn't about me. It's about them. It's okay. And you know what? My son is in sports. He's in some leadership club. He's doing well in school. Why do I care so much that he doesn't want to be in band? Oh, my word. It was such a growing experience for me. I mean, that's parenting, though. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Well, no, I was going to move on to my last thing. But yes, you're right. Yeah. Parenting is so much like getting over yourself right. at times, right? In fact, this last year, I saw somebody say it was like a parenting of teenagers Instagram account. And she's like, really? 
what your kids need is for you to learn to self-regulate. Yeah. Mm, They don't need anything else from you. They need you not to be a hindrance to them. Mm -hmm. The more you can deal with your own stuff, the better they're going to be. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Get out of their way. And I was like, oof, that's a word. So yes. Well, and then the very last thing that I learned is that I become irrationally angry when my phone changes without my consent. So (laughs) (laughs) when the newest iPhone iOS update changed the font on the clock on my lock screen, (laughs) I was not having it. And when I was changing it back, figuring that out, I accidentally changed the wallpaper (laughs) on my phone and I was straight up pissed. I went to my 10-year-old son and I begged him to help me figure it out. I was like, I know it was a solid color. I think it was a gradient. Does this look like what it was? He's like, I don't think that's quite right. I'm like, does this look better? He's like, no, I don't think that's quite right. You know what we did? I ended up Googling (laughs) iPhone 6 wallpaper images because I was pretty confident that I was still using a default image from my very first iPhone because Rebecca Hoffer does not like change. And I literally gasped when I found it. I was like, (gasps) that's it. We put it on the screen and we both looked at each other. We're like, we did it. We found it. Be assured, I'm not the only one in the certified old lady club this year. You're in your grandma era too, as you're taking your device to your child. Please help me. Please help me change the wallpaper on my phone. I don't like what these kids have done to it. The font is hard to read. Yeah, that is a little bit like a digital grandma right there. Douche, you got me. You got me. Oh, goodness. Also, that's like peak Enneagram 6 energy, too, to be like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, not going to change it. <laughs> I love it. Those are good lessons, Rebecca. Thank you for all oh, of that. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I have one big thing that I learned this year. My heart is like racing, friends. So I'm going to try to get through this with my emotions intact. I want to start with something that I saw on Facebook. It was so fortuitous that I saw this because... My gosh, it captured so much for me this year. It was a status update from Candace Marie Benbow. I don't know how many of you are familiar with her, but she is a theologian and an author. In fact, her book is called Red Lip Theology for Church Girls, right? Red Lip Theology for Church Girls Who've Considered Tithing to the Beauty Store When Sunday Morning Isn't Enough, (laughs) which I have not read, but I'm like, please, this was written for me. So earlier in the fall, she had posted on Facebook, seven years ago today, I buried my mother. I truly believe that when you bury someone you love with every part of you and live to tell the story, you can do anything. And I screenshot that because I was like, oh my gosh, that is my lesson for this year. In fact, back in March, the night before my mother passed away, I had gone here in Oklahoma City to a book event, an author event for our dear friend, Laura Tremaine. You know, her book came out in the peak of pandemic. And so we didn't get to have all of the in-person events for Share Your Stuff and her book that came out in February of 2021. And so our mutual friend and Laura's longtime dear friend and awesome Kara Pence threw this amazing book event in downtown Oklahoma City for Laura. And so I had gone, my mother had been in and out of the hospital, had been 
in the hospital for nearly a week solid at that point. So I had gone. It was so important to me to go. I'd been at the hospital so much that I was able to slip away and to go. And so again, it was celebrating Share Your Stuff and everyone was like the place was packed and everyone was so excited to see Laura. And Laura did a reading from the book. And the chapter, the section of Share Your Stuff that she chose to read was the one about what do you fear? What is your biggest fear? And she read a selection from that chapter in her book, and it was very powerful and very moving. And as she was reading from it, I was thinking, I couldn't help but to think that for as long as I could remember, that in fact, one of the first fears I can remember having was that my mom would die. Even my mom was diagnosed with MS when I was two, but she had the relapsing remitting kind. So for the vast majority of the first 20 years of my life, it didn't show, you know, it was truly an invisible illness for her. But she would have episodes every now and again where her health was really bad. And I don't know if that played into it, but I can remember as a kid, if she didn't come home when I thought she was going to, just sitting at the front window or at the front door and just staring and praying, you know, please let my mom come home. Like, it's truly the first fear and the most pervasive fear that I can remember my whole life. Of course, later in life, when I got married and had children, of course, I think a lot of us fear the loss and whatever of somebody that we love. But that was my oldest, most deeply rooted fear is that my mom would die. As I was sitting in the event, I got texts and phone calls from my dad and sister that I needed to come to the hospital, that it was time to start end of life care for my mom. And so I'm going straight from hearing Laura ask this question and everyone in the audience is kind of pondering and I was thinking about it, certainly. And then that became a reality within 24 hours of me hearing Laura read that section from her book. And I truly, when I saw this quote from Candace Marie Benbow, I was like, I really do think that it has been obviously a devastating loss for me, but somehow like making it through, I truly am like, I really do think I can do anything. I think that's true. You did a good job. You're doing a good job. But grieving those big core losses, facing really deep grief, something that we're like, I don't think I could live if that happened or that would change everything so much, but actually doing it, yeah, it changes you. And I've been there too. In a weird way, you're like, oh, look though, I did it. Yes. And I'm still here. It's an odd sense of strength and knowing, I guess, that all humans face this at times and that it makes me even more excited to talk to people who have been there. Yes. Because it's like, you know. And I know just from our awesome community, what people share, I know there are people who've had significant losses. We know awesomes whose marriages have ended, who've lost jobs and are still looking for a job, who have lost children in the past year. And that's the thing about these year in review. Some years you're reflecting back on the year and you're like, yeah, I came out of this year pretty unscathed. (laughs) (laughs) And then there are other years where it's like, this was an absolute life-changing year, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in bad ways. So anyway, thank you all for letting me share that. It has just been that quote from her and just thinking about that has been such a kind of a healing way to help me through this time of grief. So, okay, well, we're going to lighten things up when we come right back because, you know, Kelly and Rebecca and I, part of our job is being tuned into things that are great for watching, for reading, for listening to. It's one of my favorite parts of our job and what we do here. It's sort of awesome. So we're going to talk about our favorites for the year 
when we come right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, we are back. 2022 has brought some incredible things into our lives via pop culture, things that we have watched the things that we have read, the things that we have been listening to. Let's start with our watches, either TV shows or movies or, I don't know, YouTube, whatever was good for watching. Kelly, what were some of your top picks for 2022? My phone would tell you that mostly what I watch is TikTok. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Relatable. The sheer amount of hours spent. If we were just going to be honest, um, probably rivals anything that's scripted and it's a little embarrassing. But, I mean, of course, we're starting with me unwatched. You guys know that this is a low bar. So the thing that I've watched that is the best recommendation for me this year, and I was so proud to have found it kind of early on, is Abbott Elementary. The show, it's a sitcom about a under-resourced school. It's a fantastic cast of characters, very much in keeping with The Office. You know, that idea of all of these people filmed the same way, kind of that, you know, mock documentary style. So I have so enjoyed that. And the other one that I really enjoyed this year that we've also talked about on the podcast is Only Murders in the Building and the follow-up Only Murders in the Building. Um, They're not my normal fare. I will say that because I tend to watch even sitcom-y length type of easy wrapped up shows. And these are cliffhangers and they're dramatic and there's still tons of comedy, but just the acting cast, I can't get over who put those people together. So Steve Martin, Martin Short. And why can't I remember her name? Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Thank you. Yes. Really, that is one of the things I will take away from 2022. Those were great. And then, of course, because I'm me, I've also been watching Modern Family and New Girl. <laughs> oh, so if you guys have Welcome to New Girl. That was a great show, too. <laughs> yes, it. I know. <laughs> so the Awesomes were the ones who clued me into New Girl, where I, I don't remember what I was watching and it ended. And I was like, you guys, I need sitcoms. Like, obviously, there's a back catalog that I need to be dipping into. What else should I watch? And so that was one of the things that they suggested. And they were not wrong. Yeah. I have loved that. I feel like I've watched no movies this okay. year, except That's for right. Switch. It's on Apple TV. It's a Christmas movie with Will Ferrell and oh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, is that good? If you haven't. Oh, my word. We've already watched it three times. Oh, good. Which is probably more than all the other movies I've watched this year. Oh, wow. So fun. So fun. Okay. I've been meaning to get to that, but I hadn't even heard anyone talk about it. I'm so glad it turned out good. We will have to watch it for sure. Absolutely. It's great, too, for slightly older kids. There's a little bit of swearing in it, but I mean, it's got that kind of sarcasm twist on the Dickens sort of tale. Yes. And so it's really fun. Don't even tell them necessarily that it's a Christmas Carol inspired because they're going to be like, ah, I know this story. You know, like it's not, it's not that story. And those two are so funny together. Yes. Great moments. So yes, definitely put that on your list. If you haven't already, it was a fun watch. Love that. Okay, Rebecca, how about you? What was good in watching this year? Well, I have to go back to Cheer season two on Netflix. This was my awesome of the week in episode 386, our Never Have I Ever group show that we did. 
It's a docu-series that follows the Navarro college cheer team as they prepare to compete in a national competition. And season one focuses on like team dynamics, their coach, the culture of competitive cheerleading, and the lives of the team members. While season two was even better than the first season, but I say you have to watch both if you haven't watched the first one yet. And when I talked about it as an awesome of the week, I used the word gripping to describe it. And I feel like that still fits as the best way to describe season two. The season continues to focus on the Navarro team as they prepare for competition, but then it also brings in their rival team, the effects of the pandemic, and then the grief that the team felt from one of their cherished team members falling from grace. I highly recommend watching both seasons. It would be perfect to binge during your next winter storm. And I would also say it would be great to watch with your spouse or partner. Cheerleading has a definite girly vibe and connotation with it, but this is not a girly girls type of docuseries. This is competitive. This is athletic. This is sports. This is real life. It's going to be interesting regardless as to how you generally feel about cheerleading. And then I would say I have an honorable mention to two films that I got to see Harry Styles star in this year. Oh, yes. Fun. Yes, yes. (laughs) Have to mention those. Don't Worry Darling was a suspenseful thriller that left so much unsaid. It truly is the type of movie that you will want to fully analyze with a friend. So watch it with somebody else so that you can debrief together afterwards. And it's also the kind of film that you're going to want to watch again afterwards to see everything that you missed the first time once the big reveal has happened, then you're like, oh, my word, I need to watch it all over again. And then the second movie was My Policeman, which is a completely different vibe. It is a heartbreaking LGBTQ drama. The film plays with time and jumping backwards and forwards with storytelling. I would describe My Policeman as beautiful, as poignant, as moving. It was just a beautiful, beautiful film to watch. And it was pretty darn fun to see Harry on the big screen. So those are my honorable mentions. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you enjoyed both of those. It's so stressful when somebody that you absolutely love does something new, like in a different, I mean, I know he's done some acting before, but you see him in a different context and it's like, oh my gosh, please be good. Please be good. Like, Uh (laughs) (laughs) okay. Some of my standout watches for the year, I don't want to spend too much time on these because they were awesomes of the week, but Stranger Things season four was fantastic. It's my second favorite season of Stranger Things, the first season being my first favorite. You know, Kelly and I have to rank all of our things. (laughs) The first favorite, the second favorite. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I loved season four so much. I cannot wait for season five. I know I trust the showrunners and the actors and the writing. I trust it so much. I know they're going to really end it beautifully. Heartstopper, which is based on Alice Oso's graphic novels. I talked about that in an awesome of the week is so precious. So darling, it is such a new comfort show for me as it tells the story of teenagers discovering themselves through their identity and crushes and heartbreak and all kinds of stuff. And it's so good. The movie, everything, everywhere, all at once. Kelly, did you ever end up seeing that? No, it's, it's still so like on my good. list to see as it's, I don't even know if it's out somewhere on a streaming I think service. It is. But yeah. I think it's on Prime maybe. Oh my gosh, it's so good. This is the Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart directed film that came out in the spring. Kyle and I saw it. I know it's a little divisive. Some people watched it and were like, eh, I didn't get it and this was not for me. And that's a totally reasonable response because this movie is unlike anything I've ever seen. 
just the art and the craft of the filmmaking of this movie alone is so brilliant. Absolutely one of my favorite movies ever. And it came out this year and I'm so thankful for it. But the show that I loved so much that I don't think I even talked about as an awesome of the week, I went back through the show notes, I couldn't find it. And that is Yellow Jackets. I don't think either of you guys watched Yellow Jackets. Um, it was, it's nope. a Showtime original show, and it tells the story of a championship girls soccer team who's headed to like a national championship. Like they were like state champions. They're headed to a national championship, and their plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness in 1996. And so the story, Yellow Jackets, and the, their team is the Yellow Jackets. That's the, hence the name. But the storytelling goes back and forth between them in 1996 being stranded in the Canadian wilderness and their lives as adults in 2021, those who survived. It is so fascinating. Some people have called it like Lord of the Flies, but it's girls. Some people have called it like Lost, but it's teenagers in Canada. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to describe it. It's definitely intense. The storytelling is fantastic. The cast is brilliant. It has Christina Ricci in it. It has Juliette Lewis, Melanie Linsky. The cast is just packed with incredible talent. The writing is fascinating. It is gory. If you have a sensitive view on your watching, I will warn you, I'm a highly sensitive person. I was able to watch it, but there definitely are some gory parts. It's definitely like a horror suspense show, but also it's 90s nostalgia. And it's like coming of age and it is so good. I don't think enough people watched it, but thankfully, thankfully enough people did that Showtime has given them not just a second, but a third season. And the second season comes out next year. So if you haven't watched Yellow Jackets, you will not be disappointed if you are into something just like really nail biting and so good. So, okay, those were my watches. Let's see. Let's do reads. Kelly, reading-wise, what stood out to you from the year? Well, honestly, and this is going to surprise nobody if you've listened to the podcast, the Benedict Cumberbatch book was, I mean, I feel like it's got to be probably on all of our lists, right? I don't have much to say about it other than it was such a fun read. I think I read it all in one day because it's that kind of a book. It's easy to read. It was so funny. I was snort laughing. I also had so many moments where I just kind of had to stop and stare into space a little bit and go, yes wow, she's so right. Like that's deep, kind of sneakily deep. So that one is at the top of my list. Also a book that we did for the show that I produced at Minnesota Public Radio called All the Ways Our Dead Still Speak. Mm. It was written by a guy named Caleb Wild. Actually, he's from Pennsylvania. He's a third generation funeral director. Mm -hmm. So this is like his second book. His first one is, I think, Confessions of a Funeral Director. So this is him kind of grappling with death, but in a way that he's also telling his own story as being this third generation funeral director in a small town, how different cultures grieve. Mm. Also, he's kind of come out of a very evangelical quasi-fundamentalist upbringing and has reached the point through kind of his last book and at the beginning of this one of being like, I'm not a believer anymore. Mm -hmm. And so like how that impacts how he views death, how he comforts people. So he's kind of like, the book is I don't necessarily believe that there's an afterlife, but I also can't deny that there's a lot of things that, not necessarily spooky things, but like we do matter to each other. Our lives matter. There is continuity. Our ancestors are still speaking. It was a lovely book. 
He is so thoughtful and gracious about everything and him describing all the different families that he's gotten to know and his thought process is fascinating. And I'm still thinking about it months later. Like I just whipped it right off to my brother in California. I was like, you need to read this so we can talk about it. So good. So that's a good one. That's kind of a nonfiction. It's really memoir sort of a style. And then I've also kind of fallen down a little rabbit hole this year with Emma Straub. If you've read any of her books. So the one that I read that I like the most that I'm going to recommend is This Time Tomorrow. It's her book that came out this year. And it's a novel set. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like time travel. That's sort of a trope. But instead of it being like, I'm going to go back and fix something that was like with a partner, it's her father. Her father in the present day is dying. And she learns how to time travel and go back. And she's like, could I fix it? And also just being able to enjoy him as a kid again. And she goes back to the 80s in New York City where they live. So there's tons of like 80s nostalgia too. Love. Like the things that she and her friends dress and wear. And it was just so interesting. She goes back and forth between the future and the past. Yeah. It was really beautifully written. Very fun. I mean, it sounds really deep and it is, but it was really mostly fun and like a love story between a father and a daughter. It was really a great read. And I'm just going to keep reading more Emma Straub in the new year because that one definitely set me on the path. So good. So good. What was the name of it again? It's called This Time Tomorrow. Okay. I have to mention one other thing just because I want to kind of hear what you guys say. The other thing I was thinking about that I read still, I read magazines, you guys. Is this my grandma confession? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Thousand percent. (laughs) Martha Stewart Living died this year and I didn't quite realize it until the middle of (laughs) summer when I got a letter that said, we're no longer publishing it. You know, your subscription has been rolled over to people or something that I was like, I don't want people. Give me my money back. So I still get magazines in the mail. In the and mail. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I picked up this year. I think I did talk about this on the show. I picked up Drew Barrymore's magazine. I think it's called Drew. <laughs> I just picked it up at CVS and I really liked it. But if I'm going to read a magazine, I'm just like impulsive. Pick one up off of the newsstand at the at the pharmacy or whatever. But to have an actual subscription and it comes to your mailbox, Kelly, that is so old school. Look at you. I would like the word vintage. Vintage. This situation. <laughs> yes. Sitting down with a magazine is so non-committal. It's not a book. It's not like I'm going to read a couple of articles. I'm going to flip through a few pretty pictures. I might get an idea for a Christmas gift or something I could try. And then I just am over it. I think that appeal of that short term and also not being on a device Like being able to do it with my physical self is really nice. I always take magazines on a trip because also I just leave them then. Like I leave them in the plane or I leave them at the hotel like somebody else can read it. Yeah, I'm a magazine reader and I guess I don't care if anybody knows. (laughs) (laughs) And you're proud of it. So good. Thank you, Kelly. Rebecca, what was good in reading for you this year? Okay, so I've read 66 books so far this year. Dad gum. Did you come well, to just like absolutely burn me, Kelly? Hash- <laughs> yeah. Hashtag humble brag. Hashtag blessed. Okay. That's not why I said that. Uh-huh. I said that because one of them were romances. And <laughs> okay. I feel like there's that needed context here. Okay. Well, we kind of assumed that. Yeah. Well, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Let me just keep going here. Okay. Okay, so, okay. okay. As I said earlier, I tend to be drawn to the same tropes over and over again. So when I think back on the books that I've read, it's really easy for me to get like mixed up or completely forget what a book is about. I mean, which forced proximity, fake relationship, age gap book was this one? You know, but 
I'm basically asking myself. So when I pick the best read of the year, the books that rise to the top, it's the ones that I like deeply remember and that I can't stop thinking about. For sure. So unfortunately for the two of you (laughs) and for everyone listening, my favorite read of the year is another trauma bond book like last year. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. I'm not surprised. I mean, I just feel comforted that we're on brand. (laughs) So this isn't for everybody. It's probably only for me. (laughs) But this is my segment of the show. So I'm going to say what I have to say. (laughs) Yes. The book is called Still Beating by Jennifer Hartman. And Cora is kidnapped along with her sister's fiance, Dean. They are literally held in chains in a man's basement. The book is dark. It is very open door. And there is sexual assault on the page. It legit is a dark book. You guys look already mildly horrified. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. We're here to support you. (laughs) Share your joy. Meg and I are right now forming our own trauma bond. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Well, still beating has everything that I love about a trauma bond trope. <laughs> Stop it. I love this trope so much. It's my favorite. I know. One. I know. I just, I love you so much, Rebecca. It's hard for me not to laugh. Keep going. <laughs> there is suspense, but without all of the intense stress, because you know, there's going to be a happily ever after. There are two people who are not meant to be together. In this case, it's because Dean is engaged to Cora's sister. There's a human need for connection between the two characters as they do everything and anything they need to do to survive. And finally, there's the aftermath. How do they go on with their lives after the trauma that they've experienced and the bond that they've formed? Listen, I tried to find a book that was more tame, but this was it. It was literally the best book of the year. (laughs) Speak your truth. If this is your favorite from the year, it is. And there is not a thing to be ashamed of here. It's called Still Beating by Jennifer Hartman. Now, honorable mention goes to, this is not a book about Benedict Cumberbatch, amazing, a nonfiction book made my list out of, True. like, that's I read one at all. It is. Yes. That's amazing. So we've talked about this book extensively, especially in episode 415, What Happens When You Love What You Love. So I'll keep my commentary about the book short. But the number one thing that I can say about this book is that I sent the author, Tabitha, a DM on Instagram after I finished it, and I literally never do that kind of thing. And this is what I said. My name is Rebecca, and I am obsessed with Harry Styles. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your book. It was almost painful to read at times because of how accurate your words were as they reflected my own life. Thank you so much for the gift of having my obsession reflected back to me with such respect, grace, and love. It truly was incredible. Thank you for giving a voice to the obsessed and even more so for giving permission to those who need to seek joy. Your work is important, Tabitha. Thank you for it. Mm, I love that really good. I mean, that's the review that everybody should hear if you haven't read that book yet. Yes. And maybe try still beating. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's so funny. Okay. Well, this is not a book about Benedict Cumberbatch was definitely on my list. All three of us. I know if you haven't read it and you're an awesome, you are so sick of us talking about it. (laughs) Can't stop. Can't stop. You're like, I get it. I get it. It's just so good. Fiction wise, I talked about this as an awesome of the week. Violin Conspiracy 
by Brendan Slocum, who himself is a very accomplished performer and violinist. And so much of his life experience informs the book Violin Conspiracy, which is a fine arts thriller about a young man named Ray McMillan, who is a violin virtuoso who has his violin stolen and the whole thing plays out. Oh my gosh. It's one of my absolute favorite reads of the year. Rebecca, when you were talking about how you realized that you can't read print books anymore or that Mm -hmm. you like, you prefer the e-reader version. This is who I am with audio now. If it's not on audio or if it's a bad audio experience, I'm not there for it. Almost all of my reading this year was consumed via audio and J.D. Jackson does the narration of Violin Conspiracy and is fantastic. Now, my very favorite read for the year is 180 degrees different from Rebecca's. It does have one similarity, (laughs) though. Cozy fantasy is the genre that I discovered this year. I love cozy fantasy so much, whereas Rebecca is chained in a basement. I am in cozy down there. I think I found a cozy. You sound cozy, Rebecca. I'm just going to be honest. There's nothing that you said that made me picture cozy. (laughs) Rebecca's characters are changed in a basement. Mine are in a make-believe world filled with mythical creatures. I'm obsessed with the cozy fantasy genre. It's the perfect escapism. My favorite book from this genre this year is actually two volumes of a story called The House Witch by Canadian author Della Mock. I read volumes one and two this year. Volume three comes out next year in February. And it tells the story of Finlay Ashwin, who is a house witch who joins the staff of the king and queen of Daxaria. And he's like this feminist, very egalitarian, very progressive character. And it's this whole imaginary kingdom that they live in is it's just fantasy enough to be fantasy, but it's also there's threads of realism for sure. The author will use fantasy style names like Finlay, but then also there'll be characters named like Kevin and Eric. Oh. (laughs) So if you're usually put off by fantasy books because it's hard to like track the names of the different kingdoms and creatures and all of the crazy names. No, no, no. You do not have to worry about that with The House Witch. It is very approachable and it's so sweet and cozy. It is a romance. And so that's sort of, I guess, the through line between Rebecca and I and our favorite picks of the year. It's just... (laughs) Mine is just so sweet and comforting. And he's a house witch who's a cook. And so there's a lot about food and how food has the power to heal and stuff like that. It was so good. I loved it so much. Also, I did listen to this on audio. It's great on audio. Matthew Wolf's narration is so charming and so easy to listen to. So I highly recommend Cozy Fantasies. Let's do more of that in 2023 for sure. Okay, finally, listening. I think it's safe to say that the three of us here, we are listeners of all kinds of things, whether it is podcasts or music or audiobooks. We do a lot of listening through the year, even if it's listening to TikTok audios. (laughs) We're watching the TikToks. Kelly, listening, what stood out to you in 2022? Okay, so this will be my shortest area because honestly, I listen to the same thing I like and have ad nauseum. I am not a music explorer. I didn't even look at my Spotify wrapped because it doesn't matter. My daughter uses my Spotify account. So it was mostly anime things. Like I listen to the same jazz. It's the same. I like it. I love it. I'm not changing. That and you two are the standards. It will never change. And I will listen to them both instead of listening to new music. However, I will say the thing that I listen to most on podcasts this year, which 
surprised me when I thought about it is the Holy Post podcast, which is a podcast done by Phil Vischer. So mm-hmm. if you are of a certain age, you remember he is the person who started Veggie Tales. Mm-hmm. And Sky Jathani, a friend of his, and then they have a couple of women who also cycle in, kind of like Rebecca and I, they're like regular co-hosts. They talk about all things kind of evangelical Christian. Mm-hmm. So that's like the first half of every episode is just them reacting to news or like I saw this story. Some of them are just goofy, but a lot of them are like, did you see that there's a mega church in Dallas that went viral this last week on TikTok for they're flying the drummers out over their Christmas oh, service? It's not like, just a mega church. It's Preston Road Baptist, Preston. which is but that, the like, somebody, I do know that church, but it was them discussing then like the whole ick factor of that and like, you know, what should okay. we be doing? I mean, yes, I know this is not even what you're talking about, but on a production level, I watched that TikTok showing the, the flag drummers like 10 times because I was like, I mean, this is some six flags over Jesus right now. And it I is. love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the thing that I like about the Holy Post, the reason that they are often, because I don't have a ton of time to listen to podcasts. So I have to be pretty selective. I have a very robust feed. Yeah. And, you know, 90% of it does not get listened to. The reason I keep returning to it is because I don't even think I would be qualified as an evangelical anymore. Like my theology has changed. Yeah. However, it is so heartening to hear people who still are call out the BS that drives me nuts. And like, they're very fair. You know, they were like, you know, okay, there were cathedrals that we built. But also people built a cathedral going like, this is for the next generation. I'll never see it. I don't think that the Prestonwood Baptist yearly Jesus Fest is like, it's about what we want to do with the money and what we think we want to do. It really has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with the gospel. And so quit acting as if it does. I'm always like, thank you for making the upside down, not quite so upside down. I'm so grateful that there are still Christians out there who are deeply involved in their communities and are trying to live out what I think is something that's a little more sane and has not completely lost their mind. So I don't agree with them on everything for sure, but I really enjoy their take on it. I'm glad that they're willing to step into these often messy middles. They almost always get crucified by both the left and the right within the Christian world on Twitter weekly, because some people don't like they said this and some people don't like they said this. And I like that about them. So that's honestly what I've listened to the most in 2022. The other shout out that I would give musically is I have a friend who released her own album this year. Oh, awesome. And it is so good. And I am so proud of her. She was actually one of my youth group girls, but of course now she's just a friend. We're not that far apart in age. So her name musically is Ivy Eld, like Ivy E-L-D. And I just want to give her a shout out because her album, it's just a few songs because it was like, you know, self-released out there. She is in Asheville, North Carolina, and does a lot of shows in that area. So if you're in that area, but you can go to any music platform and hear her music. It is very soulful and rich. She writes all of her own lyrics and has had some really big things that she's been struggling with, both faith-wise and just in her family that come out in her music. It's very cathartic. Her voice is incredible. I mean, I'd heard her sing. But when she visited this summer and played me some tracks that she was getting ready to release, I was like, oh my word, that's you. Your voice is so rich and so good.
her, and it was really fun to watch that process. So if you're also looking for something new to listen to, I cannot recommend her highly enough. Awesome. So good. Thank you, Kelly. You know I'm always looking for new music, so I'm going to take you up on that for sure. All right, Rebecca. I know you've got some words about some new music in 2022. What you got? (laughs) I have no idea what Rebecca's going to (laughs) say. Meg's always looking for new music. I'm literally only looking for Harry Styles. (laughs) (laughs) So Harry released his third solo album, Harry's House in May, and it was my awesome of the week in episode 393, The Romance Starter Pack Part 2. And that was a supersized awesome of the week. I talked a lot (laughs) about all things awesome about that album. Then I got to see Harry in concert in Austin, Texas, which I talked about a lot in the Overflow episodes for the superstars. And then in episode 415, What Happens When You Love What You Love. And Harry Styles is what I love. I sent Megan Kelly a screenshot of my Spotify wrapped top artist graphic, and it had Harry Styles. And then there were four Christian worship bands. And I said that (laughs) along with, when I say all I need is Harry Styles and Jesus, I mean it. (laughs) That's it. That's my whole life. Living proof. Yes. (laughs) And a superstar sent me a text in November that said, my 11-year-old daughter recently came to me and said, mommy, why are you always listening to that Harry Styles fan club podcast? And I was like, that's sort of awesome. That's we awesome, just, but, should but they do talk branding. about Harry Styles all around that. Yes. <laughs> well, what we should have done is we should have made an announcement at the beginning of the episode that this was actually a Harry Styles drinking game and that every time <laughs> Rebecca brought him up, oh, so I mean, I think the awesomes would be like, they would be so hung over tomorrow. Yes. I have mentioned him <laughs> in every single segment, every single one. <laughs> yeah, you have. I didn't even notice that, but you're right. In every one. Yeah, it just is what it is. So to keep this from becoming a Harry Styles fan club podcast even more than it is, and because literally every meaningful thing that I have to say about his music this year has already been said, (laughs) I will pass the mic to Meg. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, if you want to hear me talk more, go back through the catalog. (laughs) I've literally said it all. So good. Rebecca, I'm so glad you love what you love and you inspire all of us to have that passion for whatever we're into. For real, for real. So good. All right. Well, you guys know I'm always listening to podcasts and I just raved about Boone Valley last week on the show. Hands down, one of the best productions of a podcast I've heard in years. It's very heavy. It's very dark. It's very heartbreaking, but it's also just like, oh, amazing storytelling. Normal gossip. I can't believe there was a time in our lives when we didn't have the Normal Gossip podcast. This has been an awesome of the week for me. I have mentioned it multiple times on the show. It's hosted by Kelsey McKinney, produced by Alex Sujan Laughlin. And it is just absolutely low stakes gossip about people you'll never know and never meet. It is the delight of my podcast listening life. I love it so much. I was like, I'm embracing my inner gossip and being absolutely enabled by Kelsey and the stories that she tells on that podcast. So those were some standout podcasts that came out this year. Music-wise, I don't think I can talk about this enough, and it's so out of the usual realm for me, and it has been such a surprise to me. One of my favorite albums of the year is Steve Lacey's Gemini Writes. A lot of people know Steve Lacey for his song Bad Habit, 
that went viral this year. It has nearly a half a billion streams on Spotify right now, you guys. Wow. <laughs> so many streams. But Steve Lacey's like 24. He's so you? young. <laughs> yeah, about 10 million of them are me. Sorry. But truly, when it comes to Gemini Writes, this album, Bad Habit, I don't even think is like the best song on the album. It's so good. Like I was saying, he's 24. This is his second full-length album. He has so much talent in writing and producing, not just the performance of this music. He is so wildly talented. Gemini Writes is a very weird and wild and fun and extremely explicit album. So be prepared if you're going to go check it out. Steve is bisexual and he explores a lot of those themes on this album. In fact, Gemini Writes was inspired by his breakup with a boyfriend. And so some of the songs really deal with that, but it's also like kind of when you're trying to move on. Being a Gemini is also a thread that goes through this album. That was the hook for me. As a Gemini, we do like to talk about ourselves and our Gemini-ness a lot. <laughs> so truly, though, Bad Habit is a great song. It's lots of fun. It was notoriously, I guess, for Rebecca, it was the song that unseated Harry Styles from the number one spot for singles. But I really like the song Static. I really love the song Sunshine, which he does as a duet with the R&B artist Fouché. Saying my ex like my name ain't Steve Gave you a chance and some dopamine Safe to say after me you peep Still again you any time you need Admit that I was lost You're taking it just as hard as we are always It's just really fascinating music. I mean, it's really good, really catchy stuff, but also just to think about it from a production perspective and to think about how young he is. Like people are comparing him to like Prince and Stevie Wonder. And I can see that like you can hear the youth, you can hear the youngness in the music. So it's kind of like not a fair comparison to compare him to Prince, but he's absolutely an artist that I could see achieving that level of fame and contribution to music eventually. So, so it's really good. So Steve Lacey's Gemini Writes is one of my favorites of the year. And I guess that wraps up our look back at 2022, you guys. Yeah. Wow. We did it. We got through the year and there's been some really fun surprises along the way. If you want to find us on social media to talk about our year end picks or anything that you want to chit chat with us about, Kelly, where can people find you all around the web? Well, you can find me at my website, which is kellygordonmn.com. That's where you can find recipes. So there'll be a link there too, if you miss the show notes to the soup that I talked about as my awesome of the year. Also on Instagram and still Twitter, we'll see how long it lasts. At kellygordonmn. <laughs> yes, we shall see how long it lasts. Rebecca, where can we find you all around the web? My website is simplyrebecca.com and you can find me on Instagram at simplyrebecca. Okay. And you can find me as Sorta Awesome Meg on all the social media. You can find Sorta Awesome wherever you are on social media. Just search for Sorta Awesome. We'd love to find you there. We would love, I can't emphasize this strongly enough, we would love to hear about your Awesome of the Year. What was your standout for the year? We're going to be talking all about that on social media this week. So make sure that you do come find us in one of our communities. Awesomes, I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and happy end of 2022. We'll see you back 
in 2023. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.